La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille Hey, bonjour Rugby Friends and welcome to a new edition of French Rugby Connection Podcast with moi, Véronique Landieu and... And my good self, Mike Pierce. Yes, and Six Nation was officially <laughs> launched this morning, Mike. I know, it's frightening, isn't it, how quickly the years go by. Sadly, it was done virtually again for the second year because, uh, as you all know, it's normally great to mix with the players and the press and you know you get a lot of quotes off the record but yeah it's it's only a week away unbelievable yes and one thing that all the coaches you know said was oh they think that france will win the six nation you know so one to watch but again it could be a kind of mind games if you know what i mean you know so well already, yeah already. i think it's i think it is time france won it you know they've been runners up now twice they haven't won a tournament for many many years so you know as part of their progression heading into the world cup i think that the pressure is on them to actually <laughs> win some silverware yeah Yes, and last year Wales was so lucky to win the Six Nation. Fortunately, they didn't win the Grand Slam, but we will not talk about that. What do you mean, lucky? <laughs> you can't. You can't, you can't. <laughs> Anyhow, hey, this week I have episode one of a wonderful, wonderful, a perfect French gentleman, Franck Menel, who won. Who won? Five nations, four times. First with the Grand Slam in 1987. Then in 1988, it was a tied with Wales. That's right, and Then yeah. 89 and 93. And he played uh, 50, 56 caps for France from 1986 to 95. He scored eight tries and three drop goals. And uh, he played as well in three Rugby World Cup, such a nice person, very humble. And our conversation lasted an hour. Oh, he speaks more than me. <laughs> he, I didn't realize he was that talented. Wow. <laughs> Next week, we'll talk about, you know, his business venture with Eden Park. He's yeah. starting from scratch with uh, Eric Blanc and is the owner of a multi million dollar uh, company. He's basically the French. Half Lorraine. Okay. I hope you re- well, I hope let's, you re- yeah, well, let's listen to it. Let's talk about the year, the showbiz, and how it started playing rugby. You will love it because he's a great admirer. He was a great admirer of the Welsh team. So. Of course he was. <laughs> I'm really happy that you have said yes for my invitation. You are one rugby legend. Well, thank you, thank you, Veronica. No, I, I belong to this uh, only to this world. That's that's it. And uh, I spent uh, huge years crossing, visiting all the countries, and meeting all those guys. I have a, a lot of pleasure to see to see you again. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's uh, rugby is a is a place where you have the opportunity to play a wonderful 
valiance, sport, but also meet different type of people and it allows you to travel everywhere. But let's start by why you started rugby. What was the motivation behind that? Because you were near Paris and in the 70s, 80s, you know, rugby used to be played mostly in the south of France. So tell me more about it. The rugby began, in fact, in Le Havre, north of Paris, and then it it went south to the southwest. But we always uh, had some teams in Paris with Le Puc, Paris University Club, and uh, the racing. So, I mean, I I began the rugby in in the suburb of of Paris, very, very normally meeting friends and beginning to to play uh, rugby after those uh, fantastic uh, Five Nation matches. It was a long time ago, but after every every game, when you are a child, you, you go down and you, and you, and you, (laughs) <laughs> you put some grass on your on your jeans, you know, on the knees, and then your mother is coming to you too. Not not very happy, but uh, but uh, in this time you you had uh, you had played with your friends and and you and you begin to tackle, you begin to run, you begin to run the ball. And I was eight years old, and I went to see well the the club in Carrière Sainte-Marie, which was the place where I was uh, growing, and and then I began and and I grew there, and and then I. The, I remember that the club went bankrupt, and uh, so I had to move. And I went to another place called Saint-Germain-en-Laye, also in the suburb of Paris, west of Paris. Nice, very nice club where I, I began to play play number nine. I was a scrum half. And, and then in junior, I became uh, I became center. I couldn't play in a number, number 10, which was my dream, because the president of the club was at the, the number 10 on his back, and I couldn't take off his, his jersey. It was the it was the president's son, so I had to stay on my on my center place, and and then I had the opportunity to play with the first team. I was young, but I had some some quality, good legs, not a fantastic technique yet. But and then it can be a, a kind of surprise when I when I tell that today to the people. But one day I decided to well to try to play in in first division i was not expected to play in the a team i was expect, expecting to play maybe on the b team and i took the i took the opportunity to 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 tell the to robert paparambord which was the, the the coach of of my team i took the opportunity to tell him that i was in fact a fly half which was mm-hmm. which was not true <laughs> and, uh, i took i took this risk and then with a mixture of, of energy, of preparation and of luck, I took this number 10 and, and then, uh, then it was, uh, it was fantastic from, I mean, in, uh, a little more than, than eight months, I went from uh, third division to, to, to my first cap with the French team in, in Nantes against the All Blacks. Oh. Oh, here we are, Franck. So were you part of the team we played in La Bataille de Nantes? Yes, it was. This, this game was quite special. We 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 lose the first one. It was uh, Shelford's team, and mm-hmm. uh, Frano Botica was number ten, and and all the guys I would I would meet uh, nine months later in the in the final of the of the the future uh, first rugby world cup in Auckland. But then we won we won this game. And it was not a rugby game. It was a kind of big. Uh, Big war for a fly half. I put my I put my feet on a on a big glass of ice at the end of the game because my my job was just to to 
to give huge up and under and, and down. And the idea was to, to try to impress the all black team by another, another way we were usually using. Usually the French are known for their kind of French flair. And this time it was not, not at all the French flair. It was a kind of uh, huge Gauloiserie or something coming from very, very long time. The Latin spirit came up. You probably had lots of, lots of espresso, I assume, before the game. <laughs> no, but I mean, anyway, it was the reference. It was my first cap, my first official uh, complete cap. And uh, so I was uh, absolutely uh, delighted to, 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 to be able to, to win this game against the All Blacks, which uh, still was the reference. Even if uh, at that time, Well, at that time, I, I was 25, 26 years old. I, I came to the rugby very late in, in the first division. And when I was a young player, my favorite team was the, uh, the fantastic Welsh guys, Phil Bennett, Gareth Edwards, yes. all those guys, Gigi Williams and the GPR. Yes. And, uh, I mean, the, the English team was, was quite good as well. But uh, honestly, I mean, I was really, really, really admiring the, those uh, running. I mean, this, this kind of rugby. And of course, of course, uh, Gary, that was still uh, the legend. You, you, you were talking about legend. I don't think I'm a legend. I'm a, I was a good player, but Garrett Edwards, Phil Bennett, Barry Jones, and other other player, English players, or and all big players. But those those guys were a legend. I think you are very modest. And I read somewhere that you liked the color red because it was the color from the Welsh rugby team. Is that correct? I was lucky to, to, to study uh, art in, uh, in Le Beaux-Arts uh, in Paris. So uh, colors, uh, taste, I hope, and was very useful for me and very important in my, in my life. I mean, I, I decided to go to the racing because this rugby was stripes white white and 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 the blue stripes and i mean the importance of the of the of the these colors were true uh, the other the other the other team was just about uh, i don't know how you say violet, violet uh, the, purple purple yeah that was the the, the the puc club the other the other club in paris right and i didn't i didn't like these colors mm -hmm. I, i went to the racing for for, yeah. for those blue sky colors uh-huh So, so it's true. It's true. Uh, uh, it's true. But well, for, for the Welsh, for the Welsh, it, it was not a question of color. It was really a question of way of playing. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And so you, from Saint Germain en Laye, you moved to the Racing Club de France, which is let's not forget, I think the oldest French rugby team in 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 France. Yeah, that's true. I, I think we are we're fighting for these uh, origins with the Stade Français. But I think, honestly, that the, the racing was the, of course, the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you started. So you went. We mustn't forget it was pre-professional era, and you were a student. You were uh, studying architecture. And yes, I was. When, when I took my bag to to go to the racing, I was 26 years old. I was wondering about about my my life. Uh, I, I was not sure to be to be able to be a good architect. I was also thinking about uh, piloting, and this is something very important. One of my good friends became a, a pilot, and he, he, he took me to some some fly flights. And uh, when I flew with him on those helicopters, I became crazy, and I was so I, I went to the army. I, 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 is it correct to say that I passed all the tests to be to become a pilot? Yes. And, uh, in fact, I I, I get. The, 
I, I got those those tests right, but I decided not to go in the army because at that time they decided to go from five years to ten years. Five years was okay for me. Ten years was a little long, but at that time it was the only way for a pilot to to be able to be a, a, a real pilot because then you can fly about 1500 hours of of piloting mm-hmm. when you're doing that in the in the in the civil in the in the civil life you can be an official and uh, professional pilot with 100 hours mm-hmm. of, of piloting which is totally uh, totally crazy you you, you don't mm-hmm. know how to fly when you have uh, 100 uh, 100 hours it's funny to say that today Richie Mako is a, is a is a is an official pilot, helicopter pilot in New Zealand. All right, okay, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it became uh, his job now, and so he's flying in the nice mountain of New Zealand. Oh, and, uh, okay, yeah. so maybe one day I'll really hear Rishi Michael, you know, calling us, uh, welcoming <laughs> to a, to a fly. It would be yeah, that would be cool. So you completely embraced the life, the spirit of les bleu arc-en-ciel et blanc. Can you tell me what happened? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, when when I when I arrived in in this uh, in this team, I mean, I wouldn't say that the the what we what we would call the showbiz later was already existing, but not far. I mean, uh, I became after that after this fantastic story of four players in this club who became to we decided to to move a little bit the rugby. The rugby was very traditional in Paris and very influenced by people from the southwest of France. And Jean-Baptiste Lafont and Philippe Guillard and, and Eric Blanc mm-hmm. were themselves very, very Persian. And they couldn't face this old way of playing. And they decided to invent uh, a kind of um, new spirit, very influenced by, by the British rugby. I mean, when in France, we say usually that the, the British can even br- uh, drink a beer five minutes five minute before the game, which is not the case for the French. You know, Latin people, they must be sick five days before each, each, each match and they have to prepare that to be, to be in that game. For the British, it's a question of culture, a link, a link to the education of, of course, a private and, and public school. In yeah. France, it's something else. I mean, rugby is, is not really deeply, uh, deeply in, in every, every players. It's something, the football is something very essential in France. Mm-hmm. Then rugby became something important. That's right. just, just to try to illustrate that um, that we need to have some, some preparation. So those guys, those uh, Eric, uh, Philippe and Jean-Baptiste, uh, who became a fantastic player with the French team, um, they've tried to input a new spirit in this team. And, and they were also fantastically, fantastically good and was a fullback. Yeah. And sometimes he was making surprises from the deep, 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 just under under the post, you know, and contra-attacking. And, and our coach was totally, I mean, he did a fantastic surprise to, to, to everybody. He could say to Eric and Jean-Baptiste, you have to come back on the, on the, on, on the way, on the traditional way. And but in fact, those two guys were totally crazy. <laughs> At the point that, that Robert Paparambord decided to, to tell the 13 other players, he said, you guys, you're going to adapt yourself to those two crazy guys. <laughs> and that, that was a bet. That was a bet. And uh, but very successful because each time those two players were touching the ball, I mean, it was for, for a huge contra-attack. And everybody knew at that time that they would do it. 
Amazing. So, so, so that, that, that became a kind of DNA of, of the team. And we, and we were surprising some, some teams and, and it was a kind of, you know, pressure on our shoulders to, 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 to try that type of, of play. We were running the ball. We had this special spirit. We were taking care of our tracing, of course, and uh, the repairion. And it became, it became, sorry, a, a complete uh, DNA way of life. Yes. And on top of that, when did you decide, you know, just to, to shake up, you know, the rugby establishment from the Southwest, as I was saying, you know, the very traditional, hardcore, tweed, maybe not tweed. I don't think French were people <laughs> were tweed. But uh, what was the idea of wearing that beret when you played again Bayonne? And how did you manage to keep on your head? I need to know because I like wearing beret. And could be cool. Well, that- That was the uh, that was the idea of Jean Baptiste Lafont. Uh, Jean Baptiste had a grandfather coming uh, from 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 Pays Basque, on the two sides. So it came to Jean Baptiste. Uh, I came one day uh, during a dinner, maybe that Jean Baptiste decided to 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 play with with a beret at Bayonne, on their ground, on their on their pitch, you know. And that was that was also a bet. And uh, so we did it. We did it well, and we won. And we won the the game. And we were very afraid of one thing: that the Basque would have taken the, the barrets to put to put those barrets on, on on their head. But they, in fact, they didn't do that. They just lost the game, and that it was the first step of a big range of facetes or, or jokes. We we played also with big shorts for for the for the next step, and then for, for the quarterfinal, we came on the beach with blazers. We didn't play with blazers, but we came on the pitch with bow tie, black bow tie. For the semi-final, we came we came with huge shorts and and shoes painted in gold. And all the press was was crazy about this period as well. It was new. It was something more interesting to write about. And and then came the the, the week before the final, and uh, the journalists asked us to do something. So we, we we kept the secret, the secret, and we didn't tell them that we would maybe try to. To, to do to do that differently, and, and Eric Blanc had the idea of the bow tie, and he said it was it will be a fantastic day, maybe unique, maybe we won't we won't come back in the future in in the Parc des Princes, and it, it will be maybe the, the only game we will do. So uh, so he said it's a unique day. Okay, we have to play with the number one, and in fact it was not possible to play with the smoking, what we call in French the smoking, mm-hmm. the black tie. So we decided just to keep, to keep the 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 attribute, the, the, the main accessory of, of this mm. way of, of racing. And we decided to, to use it in, in pink because our mascot was the pink painter at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the four guys b- before I arrived at the racing, they were already playing with the underpants, pink underpants and pink detail. So it was evidence that we had to, to, to paint this uh, bow tie in, in pink. That's it. <laughs> and how did the press react? How did your supporter? Was it, oh, what's going on? You know, it's yeah, you're, you're crazy guys, but you know, we we love you. Or it was yeah, it was it, it was funny because we did we did a fantastic uh, match. We lost we lost the game mm-hmm. against Toulon, but we were as much happy as as Toulon players to 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 be in this Parc des Princes. We were not supposed to be there. And uh, because we had some injured play, but at the end, with the way of playing, it was the case. And we were here spending this time, this 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 moment with a huge surprise. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it. And, and the press became crazy. I mean, they, they, they began to call us the showbiz. Uh, in fact, the truth, the truth is that the, our forwards was also already calling, calling us the, the showbiz. They decided to do that. And I must say that we couldn't, we couldn't have done all those jokes uh, without the benediction of, of the, the forwards. They were very important in our system. We, we, we couldn't have done anything without their permission. Already. <laughs> Because the bags are always, always be, I mean, in front of the, the, the cameras and, and, yes. and, and so, and we knew uh, that they were, I mean, they were offering us fantastic balls. And as, as soon as we could, we were, we were talking about them, say that we, we couldn't do that without, without them, of course. So yes. it was a good balance. And the, the press, I, as I told you, the press uh, became crazy. At that time, a f- famous producer called Eddie Barclay. Oh, uh, I was, remember him. Yes. Remember, mm-hmm. This guy was, was a fantastic music producer yes. and very known. He was organizing uh, huge, uh, huge parties in Saint-Tropez with yeah. every, every people in white. And we, we were lucky to, to be on one of his uh, show on, on TV and uh, mm-hmm. to, well, just to talk about the final, and he said, uh, I, w- "I want to do a record with you." Only one of us was was really uh, a good singer, but anyway, <laughs> we, we decided to follow him and to follow his idea, and we did this record. Oh, you did and, a song? Oh, yes, yeah. I recall uh, that. And we went, we went on different different shows. I, I remember it was about forty shows on the prime times at that time. We were, we were the first, in fact, we were the first boy boys band. The first boy rugby band. And how far yeah. did you peak in the chart? That's, well, no, it was a joke anyway. It was a joke. And uh, I have and, to find uh, that music. I really have to find it. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a site called in France, uh, Bide et Musique, which yeah. means the, 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 the awful music you can find. Yeah. Uh, there's, in this site, you will maybe find, uh, find this, this, uh, this record. But, it was, it was, it was good fun. It was just a way, another way to be together, to spend good nights together. So I hope you enjoy my uh, chat with Franck. Excellent. What a great player. What a great player. What a, what a lovely guy. Ah, uh, wonderful. Wonderful. So let's talk about the Euro Cup. Yeah, it's all been a bit higgledy-piggledy, hasn't it, with COVID again rearing its ugly head. But, you know, at least we know now what, what the situation is with the, with the last 16 and some some good results for French teams. Stade Francais, they beat Connacht 37-31, five tries to four. So they end up eighth in Pool B, uh, the final qualifier. So they will now face Racing 92 in uh, a two-legged quarter, well, quarter-final, I guess. I also, Ulster, they defeated Claremont, another close match, 34-31. Claremont do qualify, however, for the last 16, and they will face Leicester. All right. Glasgow, so, sorry, yeah, go on. Racing 92, North, unfortunately, it was, there was no game because yeah. of COVID, but... But, you know, what it means is that Racing 92 is ranking first in Pool A with 19 points. And, uh, but, uh, you know, they played really well because they both won, you know, their 
away games, the first ones, annihilating you know, Northampton 14-45 on the opening game of the championship. And then they, they, they won against Swansea as well. Swansea. So, but yeah, it's good to, good to, I hope they will Swansea go all the way this time. Swansea don't exist anymore, yeah? <laughs> it, it's yeah, Ospreys. Really oh, oh well. Swansea, you know, so... there's no such team as Swansea anymore, I'm afraid. Okay, so Swansea, Osprey, you know. No, they're not Swansea. To... <laughs> they're, they're not Swansea. <laughs> okay, well, in the French pre- press, you know, we still call them Swansea. So well, I don't know why. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, let's not forget that Racing 92 were finalists in 2016, 2018 and 2020. So I really hope this time, you know, they will lift that elusive trophy. Okay, Glasgow, they lost 38-30 at home to La Rochelle. Um, So La Rochelle finished third in Pool A, and they will play uh, Bordeaux in the last 16. Right, well, Montpellier versus Exeter. The final score was 39-26, and they really, 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 really <laughs> needed to win because the week before it was a, a terrible fiasco it wasn't really the day so i don't know something they had maybe the week before you know they lost against leinster it was 89 to 7 so they didn't start too too well that game but you know they they managed to bag the attacking bonus so they are yeah. they are still in the competition, which is great. Yeah, and they play Harlequins in the last six, uh, 16, which will be uh, the two great teams. Cool. And then, which other games? In the Challenge Cup, uh, Gloucester versus Perpignan, 68 to 19, uh, biggest defeat ever, you know. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, not yeah. so. Not so great. Not so great for... Well, Breve also suffered in, Ed- in Edinburgh. They lost uh, 66-13, 33-3 down at half-time. They conceded 10 tries. So not a great weekend for Breve. And, of course, there's still one more weekend of pool matches in the Challenge Cup. So we won't know the last 16 for a while. But, yeah, all the ties now taking shape. Yes, and as we know, you know Toulouse is is going through as well, despite uh, not having played too many games. Yeah, mm. the tournament's been decimated by COVID, hasn't it? Unfortunately, but uh, hopefully now, when we get to the last sixteen, you know things will be a bit more improved, and we can hope all the matches are played now, right through to the final. When are they playing next? It's April the eighth, ninth, and tenth. Um, is the first leg of the last 16 and then the second leg the following weekend so yeah different format this time as a two-legged last 16 matches but yeah be really interesting i think it would be better it does simplify the the competition yeah Mike, do you have any news? Top What's 14 happening? weekend back this weekend. Of course, there'll be a lot of players uh, missing, uh, French players missing due to uh, international commitments training. But some, some big games, Bordeaux against Castra, first against third. Uh, big bottom of the table clash, Breve are at home 
to Biarritz. That's 13th against 14th. Pepignon, they play Lyon. That's 11th against 5th. La Rochelle at home to Montpellier. 6th against Toulouse are at home to Racing. That's 2nd against 8th. All those games on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have two matches. Poe at home to Clermont. 9th against 7th. And Stade Francais at home to Toulon. 10th against 12th. So, yeah, big top 14 uh, weekend ahead with some some new faces. Yes, and talking about notable players, the Quinze de France, the 15, are currently training in the south of France near Marseille mm-hmm. with les légionnaires within yeah, the training camp French of the légionnaires. Wow, that would toughen them up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it's it's, it's a. It, they they went there because Max uh, Gazzini, who used to own the Le Stade Français, is I believe has some affiliation with the with Les Légionnaires, okay. which is a very epic and very iconic, you know, uh, army. And yeah, so they started their, their training. But bearing in mind, out of the forty three that had been selected, so there were about nine, ten players that couldn't make it because of. The ugly head of COVID. Or was it because weird. they knew they'd have to be with the French Foreign Legion? <laughs> <laughs> so no Dupont, no Cross, and and others. So yeah, it's it's going to be another another kind of interesting situation for Fabien Gatier and and is is number two. Rafa. Rafael Bagnes, yes, to decide on, on on the squad. But they are meeting, you know, Italy on the 5th of February. So I think that should be like a, a warm-up game. Yeah, I know um, Gail Ficou was talking today and he said they're planning a very aggressive game against Italy. So, yeah, it's a nice start for the French. But, of course, we'll go into this in more detail in next week's programme where we'll be looking at the, the Six Nations in full. Yeah, very exciting times. Yes, and bearing in mind as well, you know, there's the former All Black now who is the coach of Italy. I think he played for the All Blacks 38 times. So. Yeah, Kieran Crowley, very, very good fullback. And uh, yeah, Italy really need to do something, don't they? Because each each year we get this, you know, talk of them being replaced. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see them develop and you know, maybe grab a few wins, but uh, not against yeah. Wales, of course. <laughs> I was about to say against Wales, against Scotland, you know. <laughs> Come on, let's be generous. <laughs> but we'll see. You, you can never tell because I remember exactly last year you were so depressed because yeah. the Welsh team was extremely dire. I know. And the, the, the it coach... happens, it's yes. the same old thing. We've still got, you know, we've got nine British Lions out this year injured and you know the mood once again is one of of pessimism but the six nations is a funny old thing and and that's why that first game is so important because you win that and you get a bit of momentum you know it's the opening weekend is crucial it really is and and it's a cracker of course with wales away in ireland um scotland at home to england and then on the sunday france against italy so that's going to be a an amazing weekend of rugby Yes, we'll talk more about uh, the situation next week. Mm 
French lesson. Okay. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that Racing 92, in which uh, Frank Minel, Frank Minel uh, used to play, actually wasn't called Racing 92. No, it, was it wasn't. called the Racing, Racing Club de Paris, wasn't it? Club de France, something de France, like okay, that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then they moved, they changed to Racing Metro and oh, then right, yeah. Racing 92. Anyhow, so yes, yeah, so I was saying they are first, they are ranking first in pool A with 19 points. So how do you say pool in French? Pool. That's it, isn't it? Pool. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> except, except, you know, you know what it means, P-O-U-L-E. It's a? A pool. It's a hen. How is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know that a cockerel. Cockerel, yes. Cockerel, yes. Richard Cockerel, yeah. A cock is is uh, a cockerel. Okay, and a pool is a chicken, is it? Yeah, a hen. A hen, a hen. Yes. Oh, it's like cow and beef. You know, it's the same terminology. What a strange country, honestly. <laughs> Le coq sportif, n'est-ce pas? Yeah. So, so pool is a is a hen so you say yeah i know it's weird so you learned something I'm i know glad about i'm not it. sure <laughs> so rugby friends i hope you enjoyed our french rugby connections and especially the chat i had with uh, the a superb French gentleman and an modest and exemplary player. Are you, are you talking about actually, me then or Frank? <laughs> actually, you know, I when I did the pre-launch of our um, episode, Brian Moore replied to me on Twitter and he said, oh gosh, he was way too good looking to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bastard, he said. <laughs> <laughs> good old Brian. <laughs> yes and I did the print screen and I sent that to Frank you know quickly on WhatsApp say hey look what what he said but no, that was great but uh, yeah so we are you, you are being yourself really busy as well with the Six Nation yes looking forward to it I mean I love the Six Nation you know it's this is my 64th Six Nations unbelievably I mean not that I remember many of the early ones but and you know, it never loses excitement for me that, you know, I'm already thinking of that first weekend and yeah, can't wait. It's going to be magical. Absolutely. And this time around, I have to say, I have the feeling France will win it. I think Yeah, you I'm said a... that last year as well. You had that <laughs> no, feeling. But this time, you know, because I spoke with former 2003 World Cup winner like Ben Goen, Dan Lugar, um, Ian Balshaw. Oops, sorry, I just dropped a few names <laughs> on my podcast on our podcast last year. And they were saying, you know, winning the Six Nations the previous year was really, you know, they were in, in that state of mind. They believed in themselves. And I have a feeling that France now is, is ready. Before it was rehearsal, dress rehearsal, and now it's it's for real. Well, and they yeah. have the belief, they have the skills. They have the excellent. Uh, That's right. Big them up, big them up, big them up, and then come 
on Friday, March the 11th, when you come to Card and we do the podcast. Uh, I shall remind you of these comments. <laughs> anyway, you have a lovely weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll look forward next week and we'll focus on the Six Nations and, of course, more wonderful stuff from Frank Manel. And the Top 14, let's not forget. Oh, yeah, Top 14, yeah. And the French lesson as well. And the French lesson. Gosh, it's it's just the <laughs> fun never stops, does it? <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic tac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.